How do places like this exist in America? You may have asked yourself while passing through a neighborhood where the homeless line the sidewalks. The retail spaces have been vacated and abandoned. The streets appear unsafe, and the deep despair is palpable. Driving around the Baltimore-Washington, D.C. area, I encounter more than a few such places. A glaring reminder that some of the richest people in the country live within a few miles of the poorest. And the disparities are heart-stopping. Same country, same city, yet to the people who reside in them, these neighborhoods might as well be thousands of miles apart. These disparities are literally a matter of life and death. People living in Anacostia's Berry Farm, a low-income neighborhood in Washington, D.C., have a life expectancy of 63.2 years, according to Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, CDC, data, whereas a baby born in the wealthier Friendship Heights and Friendship Village neighborhoods just 10 miles away can expect to see their 96th birthday. In Chicago, Illinois, residents in the low-income neighborhood of Englewood have a life expectancy of 60, compared to 90 for those living just 9 miles away in nearby Streeterville. Similar disparities can be found in regions across America. Overall, two U.S. neighborhoods can differ in expected life expectancy by 41.2 years, a staggering range. Millions of Americans are clustered in neighborhoods beset by crime, discrimination, and housing and food insecurity. They are alone and adrift, both geographically and socially removed from places where the wealthier and better educated live, and excluded from most of the gains and opportunities the nation's economic growth brings. In some cases, it's because an industry that had once employed many residents abandoned the region. In other cases, it's because the middle class has fled, or because the legacy of racist Jim Crow policies, such as discriminatory zoning and mortgage lending and redlining, has made generational wealth all but impossible to attain. A reality well documented by Richard Rothstein and others. The result is a large number of neighborhoods that are shattered, both economically and socially. Photojournalist and author Chris Arnaud describes how the people left in these communities, who saw their factories disappear, their downtowns devastated, their neighborhoods filled with drugs and despair, they understood that the losses were more than just numbers in a spreadsheet. Joe Courtright and Dylan Mamoudi report that the number of urban neighborhoods of concentrated poverty in the U.S., tripled, with the number of poor persons living in them doubling between 1970 and 2010. It has edged up since, and now affects, according to Purpose Built Communities, an organization we will learn more about in Chapter 8, about 825 urban neighborhoods, as well as a good many suburban and rural locales. The social dynamics affecting these places cast a deep shadow on the lives of many, especially children living in poverty who are more likely to experience physical or psychological trauma. As Jack Shonkoff of the Center on the Developing Child at Harvard University explains, when low-income children are disproportionately exposed to environmental stressors, traumatic experiences, and family chaos, they are much more likely to end up with poor coping skills, poor stress management, unhealthy lifestyles, mental illness, and chronic health conditions, problems that they often pass down to their own children creating an intergenerational multiplying effect. These neighborhood effects explain why children who are born poor are increasingly likely to stay that way. This is especially so for black people, 
who are not only less likely to move up the income scale, but also more likely to be stuck in one of these distressed neighborhoods over many generations. As Jay Wamstead, a high school math teacher in Atlanta, put it in the New York Times, zip code may not be destiny, but it operates with something like gravity. It exerts a tremendous pull on its children, for good or for ill. Can you break the pull? Of course, but most won't. This, of course, is no accident, as many of these neighborhoods were engineered into existence by segregation and then systematically underinvested in.